This is Comic Geek Speak, episode I'm Shane Kelly. I'm Adam Murdo. I'm Chris Eberly. And I'm Danny O'Brien. All right. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes. Woo! Um, this episode of Comic Geek Speak is brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. Go to their website for all your pre-ordering needs. Um, check out their specials that they run at the top of their website, the banners. You can scroll through them. They also have a separate little featured link for featured items, specials, and bundles. They love their bundles, and so do we. In August previews, the DC Returning Series bundle is half off. There's a Marvel Secret Wars bundle, which is also half off. A Marvel Kids bundle, which is half off. Returning Series Bundle Monster Variant from DC, which is 45% off. Vertigo Bundle, which is 75% off. Holy cow. Uh, DC New Series Bundle, which is 50% off. And a DC Kids Bundle, which is 50% off. Let's see. Oh, wow. There's more. A Valiant Bundle, which is 50% off. A New Series Number 1 Special Bundle, which is 50% off. A Variant Bundle Clearance which I have to check that out to see what that's about, and a Marvel relaunch bundle, which is also 50% off. That's a heck of a lot of bundles. <laughs> wow. Bundle so, bundles. yeah, check that out, man. <laughs> if, if you want to um, get some good deals on a lot of stuff that you're interested in all at one time, when it's new or returning or relaunching, that's the way to do it. That's dcbservice.com. All right. Wow. Well, in for another previews episode. Indeed. This is stuff that will ship in October from the August previews. Mm -hmm. But first, a little featurette from our own Chris Eberly, who dared the extreme hazards of watching the new Fantastic Four movie. I think I'm I safe in saying that. It's yes. Your hazmat suit, Chris, and uh, tell us. Thank you, brothers and sister. By the way, I want to compliment our Miss Daniel O'Brien on elegantly drinking wine. <laughs> while we are recording. Well done. I don't done. know what you're talking about. It's been a day. And all I have is a, a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. Don't you have a hard liquor on that table, though? I Shane? do, but I have to drive home. Fair enough. I'm all right. home. You are home. <laughs> now, I did... Let me preface for a moment. I always had a hunch, as we all did, the FF film would not be, shall we say, in the upper tier of comic book adaptations specifically and just good movies in general. But I was in Pittsburgh this past weekend uh, with my dear friend uh, Ryan, who we all know, and we're visiting my equally dear friend uh, Dan, who lives out there. He's been on the show a few times. We did our Spider-Man spotlights. Sure. And just for laughs, we went on Rotten Tomatoes, and we were reading the reviews. Now, when we saw that, uh, re let's say, regular moviegoers gave the film a 32%, Oy. and then film critics gave it a 9%. Oh, Wow. Right, I looked at you. They said we have to go see this right now <laughs> because 
I mean, I had a hunch based on the clips I was seeing and sort of the scuttlebutt I was seeing. The film was not going to be very good, but those reviews were so devastating. I, I felt I had to go see this movie to see if it really was as wretched as it was being portrayed on Rotten Tomatoes and some other reviews we, we read at that time. So the three of us went uh, this past Friday evening, uh, August 7th, the opening day, and uh, in, in, in the Oscars of Pittsburgh, we went to see the film. Now, I want to preface, none of you or nobody listening needs to see this movie. That is not necessary. This mo- they spend $122 million on this film. I believe it's first week, and I think Ryan looked it up. It grossed about twenty-seven million. Yeah, I was going to say I think it's twenty-seven million. Now, that hundred, that $122 million dollars could have probably fed a lot of people in a third-world nation, yeah. and that's one, of the, that's one of the things I thought about <laughs> when I was watching this train wreck. Now, a couple of comments. Again, I'll, I'll do my freaking swear right now because, as Murden mentioned online, there's no way in hell we're dignifying this movie with a review episode. <laughs> that's not happening because it's not no. worth it. No. Trust me. Um, it's zero out of five, uh, right off the bat. Uh, this was a cynical attempt by Fox to retain the, the copyright license for the Fantastic Four property. There's no question about it. Uh, and in doing so, they pretty much destroy the FF as a viable film property probably for years to come. Slash and burn. Uh, exactly. Uh, this, was, this was essentially so – it's like someone took the name Fantastic Four and the concept of the powers – the four power sets, and then applied it to some other movie. Uh, everything you would expect in a Fantastic Four film was not in this movie. So the family sense, the humor, uh, sort of the, the the cosmic scope and, and grandeur, it, it's completely missing from this film. It's missing to the point that there is no chemistry between any of the main characters whatsoever. Uh, ben Grimm doesn't crack one joke in the entire oh, film. Oh, jeez. Uh, in fact, when, before he becomes the thing, he's basically mumbling his lines. He has zero personality. There is no sense of, of the, the good-natured relation between him and Reed or him and Johnny. There are no jokes between him and Johnny until the very end, and it comes across as mean-spirited because there was no basis for that throughout the entire film. Uh, Sue Storm is or somehow now a scientific genius, which is totally departing from the character. And she has basically like an emo personality, which is not in keeping with who Sue Storm is at all. Uh, the actor who played Reed was atrocious. I've heard he's a good actor, but this maybe this probably is the paycheck film for him. That is the only, thing, only assumption I can make. You'd never believe for a moment that he's a leader. Uh, he has zero charisma. Uh, this film is, is, is it, it's, it's abominable. Uh, th- there's nothing about if you if you're a fan of the Fantastic Four, even even just in a passing sense, you will not recognize anything on this screen. The special effects that came out of 1998. Uh, let me let's put it this way: the FF films of the previous decade are basically Lawrence of Arabia and Doctor Shivago compared to this. Oh film. wow! That's and oh wait, let me say the best for last: Doctor Doom. <laughs> now, I could tell from the trailer, probably not going to get Doom right yet again. That's an understatement. Um, he's like this young prodigy, spoiled brat who's glowering and, and moody and dark, and he's got a crush on Sue, which is of course unrequited. Um, unrequited, excuse me. He at the end, his armor is basically from this biohazard uh, space suit he was wearing that kind of gets melded to his flesh. 
He somehow has psychic powers. He can make people's brains explode. I don't need to go on here. This, this is... Even if Marvel gets the property back, I think it's too late. I think the damage has been done. Um, it's, I'm saying this without hyperbole. It's one of the worst films I've ever seen. Oh, my gosh. And I've seen a lot of movies in my lifetime. Uh, this, is, this is way at the bottom. It, it's, it's, it's atrocious. Um, I mean, we were hoping at least be bad in that way that you'd laugh when oh, yeah. you were seeing it. Like when Daniel and Bill and I saw Ghost Rider. And I was laughing so hard, I was crying by the end of it. It's not even that. There's nothing even to laugh at in this film. It's moody. It's it's grim. It's bleak. The, the sets, everything is dark and oppressive. Nothing you would associate with the spirit, the charm, the vitality of the Fantastic Four. None of it is in this film. I didn't give a damn that Johnny was black. Who cares? He could have been green. It wouldn't have saved the movie. That's how bad uh, this film was. Fox should be ashamed of themselves. Uh, I hope I, no one should give this money, this movie, any money whatsoever. Um, I, I took one for the team. I went. I put on my biohazard suit. We had to go into massive decontamination when we walked out of this <laughs> film. Um, but it, it pains it because, as we all know, I'm a huge fan of the FF. Um, I, I was hoping we'd somehow see them in the MCU. Why bother at this point? Because MCU has advanced so much that I mean, I don't even know if they could fit the Fantastic Four into it at this point. And it's just a shame because the whole Marvel Universe started with those great characters. Yeah. You just, you just didn't see them in this movie. Uh, wow. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it was as bad as it actually was, and it was. So That's horrendous. Yeah, there's my quick review. Uh, zero out of five freaking swears. No one else should see this movie. Don't reward it even with a five cents. Uh, it, it's, Wow. That's all I have to say there. <laughs> and that's enough. Wow, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a bad way. I mean, that was that was a, a great little review to warn everybody. <laughs> well, as, you know, as the, as the as the trailers kept coming, there was one where someone's asking Reed, "Are you guys really ready for this?" And he looks over to Johnny and and I guess uh, Ben, and Johnny pulls the seat of the stool he's sitting on. He kind of hops down a little bit and does some goofy little thing. And I thought maybe there's a glimmer of at least a little bit of comedy throughout it where they interact like that. But No, there's no comedy, Shane. Oh, there's that's none. terrible. There, there's so little comedy that at the very end when they decide to, they're going to become the Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. first of all, you don't believe it because there's no chemistry between the characters. And most criminally of all, they never establish the family dynamic of the four people. You don't care about them, and you sense that they barely even care about each other. For the whole movie, Ben and Sue don't even speak to each other. There's no <laughs> direct communication between the two of them at all throughout the entire movie. Um, and when, at the very end, when Johnny takes a potch out of Ben, it comes across as mean-spirited because there was no basis for their humor at all throughout the entire movie because they never bothered to establish it. Yeah. It, it, it's... Ay, ay, ay. It amazes me. Like I, I wonder the executives sit across this movie and go... Did they think this was good, or was it just a matter of we've got to keep these rights? Let's just put this pile pile of crap out there. Um, and apparently, they, they did reshoots. I read they did reshoots on the film uh, back at the beginning of the year. So was it even worse than what I saw? I, I can't even comprehend that uh, if that's the case. Wow. And apparently, the director, whose name escapes me at the moment, he did a film a few years ago. Uh, again, I apologize, I forgot the title of it, which apparently was was supposed to be a really good riff on the superhero concept. I forgot. Oh, the was name. that? Chronicle? Chronicle, that's it, yes. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's, supposed to, it's got uh, very good notices, um, but 
I don't know if he, if he was out of his league or if it was executive slash studio meddling, but regardless, woof. Wow. So, there we go. Fantastic Four. <laughs> so wait for Netflix. If, if okay, I'll, I'll say this. If you want to give up, you know, almost two hours of your life because you won't even laugh. I mean, it, it's – Ryan, Dan, and I left, and we, we – obviously, we got a lot of humor out of just our reactions to it after the fact. Let's put it this way. The movie th- – we were in a movie theater that served alcohol up to a limit. Ryan left the movie to get another beer because he wanted to get drunk because he couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so we left the movie. He drank four beers. He took Dan's wristband so he could exceed the alcohol limit to get another beer because he just couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> so – there it is. <laughs> it is with a, a, movie, a movie that promotes inebriation. Fantastic Four. <laughs> uh, thank you for that indulgence, my friends. Whew. Everybody's a little speechless at the moment. But yeah, I that's, can understand that's, that. that's rough, man. Geekdom thanks you for your sacrifice, Chris. Yes. <laughs> my Pretty pleasure. <laughs> the, the kids said to me, are we going to go see that? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't take the kids. In fact, I'm glad I went because it saves me taking my boys and making them suffer through that. Yeah. So, oh, let's do some previews. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dark uh, Horse. Dark Horse, indeed. Now, page 36 has Hellboy and the BPRD 1953, the Phantom Hand and the Kelp- Kelpie. Kelpie. Kelpie? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's a water spirit. And it says <laughs> Hellboy Year Two. That's kind of cool. I like. I always like Year One, Year Two type stuff. Batman was always great with their Year oh, One, yeah. Two, and Three. So that's kind of fun. Plus, it's got the creator writing it. So yeah, can't go wrong with that. On the next page, the Goon Halloween Special one shot. That that looks fun too. Goon visits you know the Theater Bazaar, which apparently is an actual uh, Halloween uh, celebration slash performance that takes place in Detroit every year. So, nice. a bit of verite in your comics there. Yeah. Kind of a nice uh, continuation from the old Rutland, Vermont Halloween parade they would do back in the Bronze Age. Oh, uh, yes. You know, I'm ashamed to say I've yet to read The Goon. I've heard nothing good things about it, but I've yet to read that character. Has anybody read The Goon? I read the first couple trades that we did on the show a long while ago, but that was about all. Yeah, I read the first trade years ago. A few odd issues here and there. Yeah, it's got uh, a distinctive sense of humor. Kind of uh, macabre, but also goofy at the same time. Oh, that's right up my alley. Mm-hmm. Page 49 has something called The Rook. The Rook is back. Bill Dubay's time-traveling adventure classic returns. So here again, yet another time-traveling-centric comic. Not a bad thing. Well, first of all, Paul Galassi is the artist on that, and the writing is Stephen Grant. Writer is Stephen Grant. So you have two veterans uh, working together here, and that, that's a good team. And Stephen Grant, you may recall, I think he did the Punisher Circle of Blood miniseries back in the 1980s, if I remember correctly. Okay. And of course, P- Paul Galassi is one of the great, one of my favorite artists. You know, going back to the Bronze Age, the Master of Kung Fu. Uh, so that that's 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 a team right there. I just want to point out, as I was flipping through the previews, I guess because this is coming out in October, right? Chris. Does everything just look really, really gross in the previews this month? (laughs) A little bit. Everything is just gross looking. A little bit. It's a good point, my dear. That's a good point. Everything. Like, even looking through the Dark Horse section, I'm like, okay, brains, brains, like... (laughs) 
things Thanks. getting shot off, organs. I felt like the whole time I was looking through the previews today at lunch, I was like, it's just, I was eating lunch going, I'm so grossed out right now. Yeah, but then not... I realized, oh yeah, it's Halloween month. Yeah. So, but still, nice. do they really need to excessively be gross? No. Well, I have a really weak stomach for this stuff, so <laughs> it's, I'm just going to be grossed out by it. I'm going to jump ahead for a moment to page 66. Okay. Uh, it's Brian Wood. Now, I don't know anything about the video game here in question. E. Valkyrie, one of four. Superstar writer Brian Wood tells the origin of Ron, founder of the Valkyrie, the deadliest space fighter pilots in the EVE universe. Series is into EVE Valkyrie, one of the most highly anticipated video games of all time. A groundbreaking virtual reality space dogfighting shooter from the creators of EVE Online. I give two hoots about the video game, but if Brian Wood is writing uh, a space adventure, I'm going to read it. Because... Yeah, this this is a writer who he, he, so far he's demonstrated to me, but whether it's um, his current Revolutionary War saga, Rebels, or uh, the Viking saga, Northlanders, or his Conan work, or his tremendous Star Wars book, this guy can basically take on any genre and write the hell out of it. So I'm reading this. Maybe you'll even play the video game. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves. No, that's now, never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't count on that either. I can't even but play Zelda that I got years ago. Back on page 54, um, Rebels number 7 is a standalone one-shot featuring Molly Pitcher. Ah, yes. I guess before the new arc starts. So that's that's an interesting uh, interesting way to take a break without just having a filler issue, having something of interest in the middle of two arcs. A perfect jumping on point, we're told. Yeah. Yes. And this is, again, thanks for bringing that up, Shane. It, if you're interested in, in the American Revolution, you like a good historical comic, or if, or just a, a, a powerful drama, that both a, a war drama and a drama about family and, and the impact war has on family, uh, this is mag- a magnificent book. Uh, I, I've enjoyed every issue I've read uh, thus far, and uh, I have no doubt this issue will be just as satisfying. And the Molly Pitcher story is always – I mean most people, even though they know nothing about the revolution, they've heard about Molly Pitcher yeah. and her role in the Battle of Monmouth here in, in New Jersey. She has a rest uh, stop. Yes, yeah, she does have a rest stop. <laughs> so we'll see what take uh, Wood has on that. Anybody else anything from Dark Horse? No, Not that's really. about all I had from Dark Horse. Well, I've got a couple of things. Go ahead. Please, sir. Uh, uh, page 38. Um, first issue of a four-issue miniseries called Dead Vengeance. Uh, sounds a little bit uh, well, kooky and creepy, and, and kind of in the same vein as the aforementioned uh, Eric Powell's The Goon, uh, but it's from Bill Morrison. Um, who is writer and artist, uh, probably best known for his Simpsons work for Bond. That's Bonk. right, yes, yes. And also uh, produced some art for that uh, Marvel Double Shot miniseries, of which you're so fond, Chris. Oh, yes. Yep, which also appeared that uh, Christopher Priest Doctor Doom story. Yes, it did. Uh, yeah, so here he is doing something very non-Simpsons. It's set in the year 1940, and it follows the adventures of a uh, radio personality who made the mistake of uh, crossing the mob, and as a result spent uh, ten years pickled in a jar as a sideshow exhibit. So that somebody pulled a Mikal Tomas on him, you might say, Shane. <laughs> and so it's, it's his adventure trying to regain his lost memory and figure out what's happened to him and uh, finish what he started in taking down Detroit's purple mob fun, um, uh, macabre kind of a period piece. And speaking of period pieces, on page 42, we've got uh, another miniseries, uh, this one called The Steam Man of the Prairie, a giant steampunk, uh, like Wild West-style kaiju-fighting robot going up against <laughs> Martian invaders in the Old West. 
It's uh, co-written by Joe R. Lansdale, who's done uh, offbeat uh, Western stories before, some of them like some Jonah Hex tales for uh, DC Vertigo. And uh, the art is by uh, Piotr Kowalski, who has uh, drawn Joe Casey's sex comic for Image. Uh, it's, it's really beautiful-looking stuff from the little sample of the artwork we've got here. And, you know, uh, Victorian steampunk giant robot fights. Uh, plus, there's even a vampire involved, which may be gilding the lily somewhat, but it sounds like <laughs> it's be kind of a fun story. And uh, one more thing from Dark Horse for me on the way out. Page 71, we've got uh, the second volume of Dark Horse's uh, coll- omnibus collections of Osamu Tezuka's uh, Astro Boy, the original manga. Really seminal stuff from the uh, the god of comics, the Walt Disney of Japan. Indeed. I bought, the, I bought the first volume, and so if you're interested in buying the second volume, don't miss its release here. It's on page 71. I wanted to mention, you mentioned Bill Morrison, uh, Murds, that years ago, uh, my, fr- my friend Dan from Pittsburgh, he, when he was living in New Jersey, he went to a show Morrison was at. And this is before Morrison was still allowed to do Simpsons sketches, which apparently he was later not allowed to do. He did a wonderful sketch of the comic shop guy which is hanging in the bathroom of Wild Pig. <laughs> and in the sketch, uh, the comic store guy is, is, is uh, you know, condemning Wild Pig as like a, as like a lesser shop. So it's, it's a sketch I cherish, to say the least. I'll have to look around for it next time I'm using the can at Wild Pig. It, you'll just, uh, when you're on the commode, turn your head to the right, it'll be staring right at you. Worst <laughs> shop ever. <laughs> All right, DC. All right. Um, this month has a couple new things. Um, page 77 has the sequel to Batman Eternal of Batman and Robin Eternal. First four issues are solicited. I don't know how I feel about that. I got sucked into Eternal. Not that that's a bad thing. I'm way, 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 way far behind on it. Um, I saw a lot of people that I trust their opinion. They liked it. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to finish that. I don't know if I'm going to start to pick this up right away, though, just because I'm so far behind on the previous series. I was going to ask you, Shane, so you haven't finished the previous weekly series? No, then. no, no. I'm still back in the teens on that one. I was that reading one. so much other stuff that I let that fall by the wayside. What you, what, how was it what you read just thus far? Did you I liked it, what or? I read so far, yeah. yeah. And and it was uh, – I saw Mike Myers on, on Facebook and stuff. He liked it, uh, and he reads a heck of a lot of stuff. Boy, I, 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 don't, I wish I had that kind of time to read all that. And um, he just kept uh, – talking about how much he liked it week after week or month after month whenever he would post about it so you know i, I trust his opinion on stuff that that i like he he likes similar things no, um, he tends to like just about everything he reads though well he does and that's not a bad thing i'm very similar in that way there you know i'm so despondent in so many other ways in life that at least when i read i try <laughs> to find something that's f- fun about it um i mean there are things i don't like but but yeah a lot of the things that he has like that I read than I myself like. So um, I'm curious enough to, to think about it, and eh, maybe I'll pick it up. Um, page 78 has Superman, Lois, and Clark, number one. Page 79 has Telos, number one. And 80 has Titans Hunt, number one. All kind of um, follow-up series after Convergence. Dan yeah. Jurgens and Lee Weeks do Superman, Lois, and Clark, number one. Uh, and I'm kind of interested in that. More so than some of the other ones. Well, the Superman one... I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to agree with Shane that that's the one that sounds most interesting to me, too. And it's here where my uh, copy editor's skills uh, maybe helped uh, pick out an important clue to what this is going to be about. Okay. Uh, the third line of the solicitation copy, we're told that uh, these, this is the adventures of the last sons and daughter of the Krypton and Earth. Now, that misplaced uh, definite article. 
suggests that there was probably some kind of modifier in between it and the word Krypton. And I think that word might just have been pre-Flashpoint. Okay. Ah. I'm sure that this is going to be the version of Superman and Lois that we saw in the, uh, um, I think it was Adventures of Superman, well, whichever one of the uh, Convergence miniseries, you know, the, the pre-Flashpoint wave, that was, yeah. the, the one that was written by Dan Jurgens and drawn by Lee Weeks. Sure. I'm pretty sure it's that version of those characters uh, and that creative team. And I know that there are several people uh, among our listeners and beyond who have uh, really enjoyed that particular miniseries and seeing that take on the pre-Flashpoint Superman. And it sounds like he's uh, managed to weasel his way into the uh, post-Flashpoint New 52 continuity here. And uh, he's uh, getting to be Spock Prime uh, after a fashion. He gets to... (laughs) Yeah, just uh, keep an eye on things in the post-Flashpoint New 52 Earth and uh, try to be proactive and stop his old villains before they rear their heads in the new reality. That could be really interesting stuff. And the fact that uh, the two of them seem to, well, since they flew off to undo Crisis on Infinite Earths at the end of Convergence number 8, they seem yeah. to have uh, had their son and he's aged to a nine-year-old child. So we get to see them as parents, too. It's, uh, Which is something I always think is – I always think that's lacking. I loved when they let Wally and Linda have kids and then they were – you know, that whole storyline ended with Flashpoint. There's so many things that happen where I – with DC, I always like the generational stuff. So to see something, a little bit of that come back in this form might be very compelling to me. It's something I miss about the current DC universe. Now, this Superman, is he coexisting with the New 52 Superman? Is that – what they're establishing here? Yes, they're two different okay. uh, characters, or two different dimensional variants of the of, of Superman. And okay, so they, they both are going to be in the New Fifty Two uh, reality, but uh, yeah, they're they're two different Supermen. And you you notice he's got a beard and he's not wearing a yes. t-shirt, jeans. Yeah. <laughs> so this Superman is a Superman we all know and love from the pre-Flashpoint universe. Then essentially, I believe that is the idea. Okay, okay, I'm definitely going to read this. I like the creative team. Yeah. Dan Abnett is writing Titan's Hunt, number one. Yeah, I'm interested in so, that, too. Yeah. Um, I still haven't started The Dark Side War yet. Uh, oh, has anybody, has I, anybody started reading that? I do. I can't remember if I have the first couple issues read or just the first one. Um, but th- that Justice League title has, in my opinion, gotten so much better than what it started out on. I've liked the last couple arcs that they've had run through that. All right, I look forward to reading it, then. Shane, I'm sure you'll enjoy the Tony Harris cover on page 85 for yes. Justice League United number 14. Isn't that something? That's, wow. That's really Starman-esque. Oh, look at his enemy ace. That is beautiful. Yeah. Yes, it is. That's awesome. Holy mackerel. And so we've not only got uh, Stargirl, Batgirl, Steel, Robot Man, and Vandal Savage teaming up, but we've also got Sergeant Rock, Enemy Ace, and the Creature Commandos all in one story. <laughs> yeah. I have to get caught up on that book. That that seems like the most interesting Justice League book right now. Sounds like fun by the ton. To yeah, me. it sure <laughs> does. Well, as Adam has pointed out, Jeff Parker is a very competent superhero comic writer. So I'm sure it's worth reading. Yeah. Did anybody try, like, the Black Canary or anything like that that's come out, the newer versions of things? I, I read the first issue of Black Canary... I didn't like it so much. Maybe I'll read it in a trade, but it doesn't have the same fun feel for me as the Batgirl title does. Okay. Fair enough. And, and Daniel, I wanted to ask you, actually, 
Are you enjoying Batgirl more now now that Simone is not writing it? It's a new creative team. Oh my god, you have no idea. Batgirl is hands down my favorite book right now. It comes out and it's the first thing I read. It is, it is the first time I have ever felt that a book was written written for me as a woman. Wow! Nice. It is one of the I've I've never really understood when people said that, and I read the first issue and I went. I get it. This book is written for everyone and it's written in a tone that I, it's as much as I read comics and I read, you know, I read a lot of comics that are written by men and stuff like that. It's just, there's something so fun and so lighthearted about this book that I went, Oh my God. It made me cry almost. (laughs) I I can't, I I didn't realize how much I was missing something that like that in my life, a superhero book. Cause I mean, there's definitely been comics that are, written by women for women and stuff like that more indie stuff but like a first time like a superhero comic really hit me in that way oh that's cool are the, are the writers men i think so actually yeah, brendan fletcher and cameron stewart yeah but the book is just light-hearted fun it's it's a breath of fresh air really in the superhero world but for me right now all i'm reading is more of like superhero books that are more in an indie tone you know, yeah. the, the Batgirl, the Ms. Marvel, the Silver Surfer. Like, I'm not really, not hardcore into any of this stuff anymore. Like, I went through the DC section going, I don't know any of this and don't really care about any of it anymore. Yeah. Sadly. Well, now yeah, I'm going to definitely pick up Batgirl because I haven't oh read it. Oh, my God. It is hands down so good. Everyone should be reading it. And I think All Jamie's right? uh, sister, Shauna, would agree with you. She's uh, texted me a couple times with some questions about how the Batgirl series goes and why there's a, now a new number one volume when they change the creative teams and the costume. And we were talking about it back and forth, and she she was loving the book before and, and is just going gangbusters over Batgirl. Yeah, I didn't I didn't really like it under Simone. I thought it was really dark, and superhero books are so dark lately. It's just really nice. It's refreshing. The book yeah. is just absolutely refreshing. That's great. And I kind of wish that the Black Canary book was that way, but the first issue... It didn't really grab me, but I'll try a trade when it comes out to see if maybe if I read it all in one fell swoop, if I feel differently about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also should say, DC's running, again, they're, they always have, lately, they've had a variant month, and this month is Monsters variant cover. Um, Flash number 45 is what I noticed. I'm sure there was other ones before that, but Flash oh, yeah. 45 has a Halloween dress-up looking cover. Oh, it's adorable. It kind of reminds me of Charlie Brown a little bit. Yeah, it's not scary like everything else. <laughs> like on page 102, Action Comics 45, I like the variant cover. It came from Krypton, and a menacing Superman is shooting his heat vision at you know hapless civilians. Yeah, that's a that's a great classic looking cover. Yeah, Dave Johnson. Yeah. Murray, what do you think? What do you think of this new distri- this new design for Superman? The crew cut, the the T-shirt, and so forth. Uh, can't uh, say I'm into it. Uh, Neither <laughs> am I. Yeah, it was okay for uh, Grant Morrison's uh, flashback initial arc of action comics uh, in the, the early days of New 52 when that was, Superman was getting started. That, that, that's good. It's a good thing for a starter costume, um, but a Superman who has uh, been around as much as he has by this point in the, the, the passage of time in the new DC universe, I... I, I 
I, I don't think uh, it's the right costume for the, the hero that uh, Superman's had an opportunity to become. Now, granted, I haven't been reading the truth arc, in, so I don't know uh, what uh, what the thinking has been uh, that, that has brought him to this point. Uh, I don't understand uh, the, the rationale, the in-story explanation for why he's wearing it. I just know I don't like it. Fair I much. would agree with that, Merv. Talking about costumes, when did Wonder Woman get this um, lovely, lovely outfit that she's wearing? I think that's recent, more recent as well. Because that is hideous. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Is this new? I think that's new since the yeah, whole convergence it's definitely part. since David Finch started. Uh, what it's... is that? Not to be mean, but that's awful. It's a very busy look. I, I, I'll, yes, give, I'll definitely give you that. <laughs> busy? What? I don't even understand it. Like, yeah. it makes no sense. It hurts me. <laughs> well, moving on from that. Virtualize <laughs> <laughs> uh, back to page one hundred. The oh uh, yes, facing Lee, and we see that there's going to be another Wonder Man, a Wonder Woman seventy-seven special. That's cool. Apparently the first one, which we will get around to talking about on yeah. an off-the-rack episode. We yeah. promise. <laughs> um, apparently it did well enough that they came back and did a second one full of digital-first content, featured, uh, written by Mark Andreco, art by Various, of uh, the Linda Carter-era TV show uh, Wonder Woman. There's new stories, new material inspired by that old uh, 70s TV show. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Well, Mark Andreco is a very good writer. Page uh, 106 and 109 have Bizarro number 5 and Batmite number 5. Now, I say this because I just recently... Oh, and well, all right, I'll get to that then. So Bat, Bizarro number 5 and Batmite number 5. I got and read number 1 of each of them just recently, and I, I like them both a lot. Uh, they were a lot of fun. I don't see myself picking them up month to month, though. I do see myself picking them up in a trade, letting the kids read them, all that kind of happy stuff. Um I thought they were really well done. I just don't know that I'll pick up both of them month to month like that. But they were a lot of fun to read. Well, I'll tell you what. Even if I weren't buying Batmite month to month, I would buy issue number five because it's got the inferior five in it. <laughs> nice. That's right. Creation of my late uh, and uh, much missed uh, one of my heroes and role models in comics, E. Nelson Bridwell. Created e. Nelson that. Bridwell, Absolutely. Now, uh, just above that, uh, Batmite number five is Batman Beyond number five, and I also read the first issue of that one. Now, I did not finish Future's End yet, um, but I was too curious by a comment I had seen about who is in the Bat costume in Batman Beyond, and for my own personal happiness, I'm very happy with how that ter- is turning out. Um, quite a pleasant surprise, and I'm curious to read Future's End now through the end to see what happens to get this character in here. Um, but I, I really like that he's there. All right. So. Uh, contrary to that, on page 112, what is that? Oh, that's the Batmecha suit that yeah. is I, 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 I haven't read Batman in a while. Um, well, yeah, while Superman's it... running around dressed up like Bibbo, apparently uh, Jim <sighs> Gordon is... James Gordon is now wearing uh, a an armored bat suit. Well, that's, yeah, why is that Jim, it, a bat mecha outfit? Why is Jim Gordon Batman? Well, so, I don't know that I we really want to sp- spoil what happened at the end of the Batman book before this arc started, um, which was I think Batman number forty one, and uh, I was 
I'm done with the book for a while at that point. I don't know how long wow. it'll be until I come back to it. But I, me personally, I have no desire to read a Batmecha suit outfit and, thing. And ladies and gentlemen, this is one of the all-time Batman fans saying that right now. Yeah, I, the, that was enough. I have old Batman stories I'd like to reread that I'm going to focus back on. And maybe I'll get caught up on the Batman 66 stuff now, too. Or read something what? like Gotham Academy. Oh, yeah. It's in Gotham. I have the first two issues of that to read. It's fun. Page 116, the wonderful Grayson continues its run. Uh, I've enjoyed every issue of this series thoroughly. Uh, Celia and King continue to knock it out of the park. Uh, Just a great espionage book with Dick Grayson. Danielle, are you reading this monthly? I am, but I feel as if someone might have forgotten to bring home an issue or two, so I'm probably going to just read it and trade. I have, uh, I've read up through ten. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I agree, Chris. I'm still loving it. Thoroughly also, did anyone read uh, We Are Robin? I read the first two issues. I liked it. Was it I did really not. Good? Yeah. Well, I like those, like I was saying, I like the quirky books now. Speaking of Batman 66, am I correct in that I heard they're going to do an animated film with West and Ward's voices? Oh, yes, they are. Okay, I thought I heard that. All right. Yes, do, they are. Do we know are. when that's coming out? Or I want to say next summer. I mean, that's it's a fantastic concept. It's a long way away, but yeah, I'm loving it. Ugh. Murr, check out page 119, the Sinestro variant. <laughs> that's cute. Grumpy cat. <laughs> that is great. And uh, uh, the content of that issue is Sinestro uh, meets Black Adam. Ah, nice. Could be a good team up. Jumping ahead to trades, page 125, The Flash by Jeff Johns, book one. Now, you recall that a couple sort of smaller omnibuses of Jeff Johns. No, 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 no. Let me correct you there. They did one normal size small omnibus. Then they did two that were too big. But I did get them all. (laughs) My apologies, sir. (laughs) I know that's a pet peeve of yours. That is a pet peeve of mine. I uh, saw the cheating. first the first volume of that came out, and I thought, great, they're going to do it just like Starman, and they blew it. Well, but, here you get issues 164 to 176, and Iron Heights 1 for twenty four ninety nine in a soft cover. It's a great, great series. So, that's one of my all-time favorite Flash runs. Uh, just jumping ahead, and we can jump back, of course. The next page, 127, they're now collecting all of Neil Adams' sort of his Batman work is scattered across various titles, uh, in, in the, especially in the DC Bronze Age. <coughs> Excuse me. And they're putting that all in on a $75 omnibus. So if you're a Neil Adams fan, although they are putting in Batman Odyssey, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But uh, otherwise, this is, this is great stuff you'll want to check out. I'll have to compare that to what uh, the Neil Adams volumes of Batman that I have from, gosh, maybe 10 years ago. Um, see if it, it, it corroborates the same stuff except for like the Batman Odyssey newer stuff. On that same page, we've got Justice League United, the Infinitist Saga in hardcover. Uh, this was actually a really good story. It's a team-up between the Legion of Superheroes and uh, the modern-day uh, Justice League uh, United team uh, with uh, a version of Ultra the Multi-Alien thrown in for good measure. Oh, a favorite of Adams. All right. The bad guy is a new version of the classic Legion villain, the Infinite Man. Very good story. I actually, I do recommend it, but uh, I might also recommend that you wait for the soft cover if you're as uh, budget-minded as some of us on, in this discussion. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, just uh, uh, on page 120, just in case you're not one of the million people who has those Robin back issues <laughs> from uh, uh, the early 1990s, because we can't get rid of them in our bargain bins, 
Uh, you can get the trade here, which is um, Robin 1 through 4 and Batman 455 to 457. Actually, I'm sorry, Robin Volume 1, 1 through 5, then Robin Volume 2, those miniseries, 1 through 4. I wonder if they're going to put in the hollow covers, the little oh, holographic God. things that were on I'm them. I could wallpaper my house with that stuff. <laughs> on the opposite page, uh, Superman Adventures Volume 1, that's kind of neat. They're, it's, they're up series. to Volume 3 or 4 of the Batman version of that, and I've gotten all those. Um, and also at the top, now I know some people on the forums or on the line, on the the ether out there um when i said how much i'm liking the earth one graphic novels they did not and that's fine but if you are interested in it here's the trade of superman volume three we should also point out superman adventures is, is ideal for kids oh these, yes these absolutely comics are geared towards uh young readers and they're, they're ideal for that and you get yeah. one through ten Stories written by Paul Dini and Scott Understanding Comics McLeod. Yeah. All right. Rick Burchett, Brett Blevins, Mike Manley, and Terry Austin. Some bronze and copper age greats there. Yep. Good That's stuff. some great stuff. It is good stuff. Turn the page. Page vertigo. 133. Yes. I'm all about the vertigo right now. Indeed. Yeah. Twilight Children. Or Hernandez brother, Darwin Cook. I don't even need to read the synopsis. I'm in. Uh, I'm Daniel, I have the same reaction. I could care less what it's about. I'm reading yeah. this book. <laughs> no, just give it to me. I agree there. Now, I was also talking about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Artists um, Gallery Edition, the graphic oh, designs. Yeah, okay. um, if you're into that, there's DC's next uh, big gallery edition. But yeah, that Twilight Children, that looks awesome. Then on the next page, Survivor's Club, which is apparently um, starring... Uh, the well, well, j- children who are characters in famous uh, horror movie narratives of, of the 80s. Uh, I guess it's, they're going to be kind of uh, thinly veiled for trademark reasons, but it uh, sounds like uh, the kid from Poltergeist, maybe the kid from Child's Play. Huh? Uh, well, Survivor's Club. It's, a, it, it's going to be about a, like a support group for uh, children who <laughs> survived 1980s <laughs> horror movies. <laughs> and there were many of those. Yes, there so. were. So that's the next thing. Then on the next page after that, we've got Clean Room Number One, which is like a psychological and possibly supernatural horror story from the mind of Gail Simone. Now, Danielle, are you down on Gail Simone as a writer in general or just on Batgirl? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I I didn't really like the Batgirl run so much. I wasn't in love with her Birds of Prey run as much as everyone was. I that was my next question. I like it. I no, I, I'd have to reread it again, but I remember not enjoying it as much. I have okay. nothing against her. I just, she doesn't wow me as much as other people seem to be wowed by her, which is fine. You know, different mm-hmm. tastes. All right. And then the fourth of our new offerings from Vertigo on page 136, Art Ops number one. Art I'm by- excited for this. Oh, Mike Allred. Allred, Yes. It, 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 I don't think it can help but have a like a mod '60s feel to it. It's got uh, super se- like a secret agent uh, uh, the content going on here. Uh, the art operatives, a team who are called in to apprehend uh, characters from famous works of art who have escaped from their canvases. Yeah, that's <laughs> totally me. And all four number one issues uh, put out by Vertigo this month, it should, we should remind you, uh, if you go to dcbservice.com, you can order them in a bundle for 75% off. That's all crazy. four of these number one issues for a little over $4. That's great. 
four for the price of one, practically. Yeah. On page 141, if you want to see some older work by two of the, what many people, two of the great writers of the day, The Kid Eternity Deluxe Edition hardcover, written by Grant Morrison, or by Duncan Fagredo. Uh, that's, uh, there's a three issues, three issues collected there. And then on the bottom, Swamp Thing Darker Genesis, issues 151 to 160 from the, the uh, long-running Swamp Thing volume, written by uh, Mark Miller. So... Art by Phil Hester, Chris Weston, Phil Jimenez, and Jill Thompson. Wow. Wow. Yep. Real talent there. I want on page 140 the kitchen trade paperback. That looks interesting. I don't... That's about the women who take over their husband's organized crime uh, group, I believe. Yes, Mm -hmm. totally me too. (laughs) Irish mop wives in the 70s. Yeah, I'm in. Page 144 and 145 has uh, statue offerings for the upcoming Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice. The what next... do people think of that trailer? I only saw it for the first time uh, um, this past weekend. Ryan showed it to me. I like it a little bit better than the first one. Okay. But I'm still a little bit more skeptical than I am with the Marvel stuff when I see trailers. I didn't that. realize they were also shoehorning Aquaman into the Oh, movie, yes. And, and apparently the Flash as well. Yes, yes. Yep. Wow. Everyone's going to be in it. That's it's where I get a little bit skeptical. Amazing. Well, I'll reserve judgment. I really enjoy uh, Cavill as Superman, so we'll see what they do with that. But... Page 146 has more uh, DC animated figures coming out again. I think these are all reissues or re-releases, whatever you want to say. Yeah, re-solicits. By the way, I, I rarely comment on statues, but the on page 147, the Green Arrow Black Canary statue uh, modeled after uh, Cliff Chang's artwork, that is fantastic. Yeah. It's really nice. That's a beautiful statue. It's $250. <laughs> it's got a beautiful price. Yeah, because yep. it, it's only 5200 but that's really nice. Now, on the, page 149 has... DC's, DC Comics icons, action figures. Now, there's a cool Harley Quinn one, Superman and Aquaman, and then an Atomica deluxe figure uh, from Forever Evil that comes with a 3-inch Ryan Choi and a 1.5-inch uh, Ray Palmer. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I think that's kind of cool. Now, Shane, you're not ordering any toys anymore, though, correct? No, not really. No. I mean, you're getting ready for RetroCon. So. Yes, I am. <laughs> I am in full-blown RetroCon, boy. My room's a disaster. Ready to move on, IDW folks? Absolutely. Sure. One, one more shout out I'd like to please, make. Please, sir. Please, please. Page 137, CGS Australia. Prick up your ears. Astro City number 28 um, is a self contained story uh, set in Australia and focusing on Australian heroes and villains. And while it's written by the usual uh, writer Kurt Busick, the art is by a fair dinkum Australian artist, Gary. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to have to put a quarter in the jar here. Shaloner, Shaloner, I, I don't know. But anyway, he's Australian. So. <laughs> there you go. Continues to be, well, well, the one Vertigo title I buy every month. Astros. All right, do IDW then? Page 151. A Back to the Future comic miniseries written by Bob Gale, John Barber, and Eric Burnham. Art by Brent Schoonover and Dan Schoening. Now, of course, Bob Gale is one of the screenwriters of the original Back to the Future movie. Yep. Um, and he also does some great Daredevil stories uh, in the in Volume Two of that character's history I love that we talked that. about. So, yeah, we talked about that in our spotlight. So this should be really fun. I'm looking forward to reading this. And and we know Brent Schoonover from 
many years of CGS uh, shows. Uh, I'm very excited to see him on this. Mm-hmm. It looks like a heck of a lot of fun. I have never seen a Back to the Future movie in my life. Oh my God! Bill, wow, wow, Billy Boy, that's crazy. <laughs> Bond with him over our mutual ignorance of even, a mainstay of popular culture. Yeah. Even my kids have watched all three movies. They had a marathon to do it. They keep popping it in every now and then. They love it. Now, Bert, is that a willful, or you just haven't gotten around to it? No, it's just every time a Back to the Future movie happens to be on television, I always tune in on it uh, midway through. Uh, okay. It's too late, and I need, I need to get up early the next morning, and I can't stay up to watch the whole thing. You know, it's not that I don't want to see Back to the Future movies. It's just it's never happened for me, Chris. Okay. All right. <laughs> one the, day. The first one's the best. I like the oh, other absolutely. two also, but the first one is the best. Yeah. Meanwhile, I might actually buy this just because Brent's involved. Oh, yeah. Page 154, they're doing a... Graphic novel adaptation of Hunter S. Thompson's Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That's interesting. Yeah. The cartooning style here looks like a pretty good fit for the material. Yes, it does. Yeah. Page 156, if you missed out on getting any of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen Nemo books, here's all three of them in a slipcase version. All of which are excellent, by the way. I recommend them. That's good stuff. This month through IDW, uh, they're having uh, Artist Edition cover variants. So lots of those going around. Shane, I thought of you on page 161. Star Trek 50, the, move, the new movie crew meets their Mirror Universe opposites. Oh, that'll be awesome. <laughs> that will be awesome. I love Mirror Universe. Yep. I wish they'd do just a whole series of Mirror Universe stuff. Yeah. Or a movie. God, talk about, take that Dark Mirror uh, next-gen graphic novel up. Uh, novel and put that into a movie or something indeed who page 162 if you're a gi joe fan now the larry hama series a real american hero which is a continuation of his marvel series uh they're doing a, a massive event where apparently cobra is now unleashing their so-called master plan to defeat gi joe so if you're a fan of gi joe and, and larry hama you're going to want to pick up cobra world order prelude i'm going to read it yeah, I may have to. I've been off G.I. Joe for a while, and um, going through old toys, I've been clamoring to reread some G.I. Joe. Dirk Gently's uh, Holistic Detective Agency hits number five on page 168, which mm-hmm. we will also be covering number one at some point. Mm, to right. Page I'm one seven. I'm, I'm uh, sorry, Daniel. Go ahead. I'm excited for the gem and the holograms. Yeah? Page. Are you reading it? I read the first issue, and it was fun, okay. but I haven't read any of the others. Very cool. Again, if you're a fan of Artist Edition, page 176, Sam Keith's The Max. Artist Edition. God, I used to love that so, book. It collects the first six issues and some covers. I even like the... never uh, makes sense. like the cartoon that they put out of that as well. Yeah, I was going to say, the cartoon never made sense. No. Nah. None of those MTV cartoons made sense. (laughs) Hey, Aunt Flux, come on. That made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yet I still watched it every time. Oh, let's see. Page 174 has Walt Disney's Comics and Stories 75th Anniversary Special. I haven't read all of them yet, but I'm still getting Uncle Scrooge. I just love DuckTales. I'm interested in, uh, on page 182, 183, uh, actually, I'm sorry, page 183, more specific, 
they're doing uh, collections of um, fiction house uh, horror stuff. Um, this is pre-code uh, jungle comics, science fiction, and ghost stories. The fiction house comics, ghosts and girls. So if you're if you're a fan of comic history, interested in a uh, pre-code, and also as they put it here, poltergeist-infused good girl art. <laughs> um, this might be something you want to check out. And the next to that, the complete Voodoo Volume One from the uh, the Iger Shop. Uh, so that that's the, the, again interesting historical books there. That's all I have for IDW. One other comment I want to make, page 184, again, a nod to the history. Gil Kane's undersea agent. Uh, after the job was done for the Thunder Agents, a new force revealed an undersea agent helmed by comics master Gil Kane. The special hardcover collection includes all his work from the short-lived series. Now, again, uh, and this from, was from Tower Comics. Gil Kane was such a, a, one of the great masters, um, and I, I just revere his work. I know Peter does as well. So this, this might be worth checking out if you're a Gil Kane fan. In fact, I'm sure it is. So, moving on to image. Absolutely. Two image it is. Okay, the minute I see Brian K. Vaughn's name, it doesn't matter what he's writing. It could be a grocery list. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I'm reading it immediately. And he's teamed here with Cliff Chang. So we'll, we'll come to that shortly. But first, we, of course, we'll discuss I Hate Fairyland, number one. Yeah. Scotty Young. Yep. Yeah, wow. You know- I might have been inclined to give this a chance, but then I, on page 191, we run into one of those, uh, well, little gobbets of gore spattered on the pages of previews that Danny was talking about earlier. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, the young girl protagonist, who is actually like a 30-year-old woman who's been trapped in this crazy sugar-frosted fair- fairyland for most of her <laughs> life and has clearly gone psychotic as a result, blowing the internal organs of the, of well, the man in the moon who is narrating the story for the first couple of pages clear out of his uh, corona. So, uh, yeah, that's... Yeah, sorry, Scotty, but that's not the take on Fairyland I really feel like reading. I can tell this is probably him working through some creative frustrations he might have had uh, while he was doing those uh, Oz adaptations with Eric Shanower for Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so good on him for working them out here. I'm sure it's going to be an entertaining story, but it's not the kind of story that's likely to entertain me. So more power to those who would like to read this. I'm not, uh, you know, decrying it or anything. I just don't think I'm going to read it. I'll definitely give it a shot. I, I, I love the artwork. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's warped, but it's supposed to be. Um, but I, I, I love, I love dark takes on any kind of, uh, hallowed genre. So hopefully it's done well. But all I care about is the next page, page 192. <laughs> Paper Girls. Brian K. Vaughn, Cliff Chang. In, immediately. I don't care what the subject is. <laughs> Pretty much. It's that creative team. I mean, Brian K. Vaughn, for me, is the, is the top writer in comics today. Uh, basically, any genre he touches, usually it's then elevated. You think of Ex Machina. You think of Runaways. You think of uh, Pride of Baghdad, uh, the, of course, Saga, which, you know, Why the Last Man? And uh, his new book, We Stand on Guard, his uh, story about Canada enduring an American invasion 100 years from now, which there's been two issues out of that. It's tremendous. Um, I'm really looking forward to this. In the early hours after Halloween of 1988, four 12-year-old newspaper delivery girls uncover the most important story of all time. 
Stand by me meets War of the Worlds and this mysterious young adult adventure. That's all I need to know. Hmm? Sounds to me like Stand by me meets Monster Squad. Actually, <laughs> I think they're going to find an alien invasion. Is what it sounds like. Yep. So it's forty-eight pages for a mere two ninety-nine. And if you order through DCBS, uh, you get uh, a further fifty percent discount. You'll be paying only a dollar forty-nine for forty-eight pages of Brian K. Vaughan and Cliff Chang. Outstanding. What else is jumping out of people for image? Well, just uh, just a little bit of a note because I was talking about some spawn toys last night with a gentleman, and um, I just happened to look here. They're up to number two hundred and fifty-eight. That's incredible. Uh, wow. Which that is on page two sixteen, page two eighteen. I, I know I'm way up ahead of you guys. That's okay. Um, Greg Rooka is writing Black Magic. That I saw that immediately. Yep. The hammer falls. Danielle, on. you enjoyed Rucka's uh, novels, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a this is big fan of all his novels that he's written. And this is him returning to a a sort of a police procedural. Looks like with some um, supernatural thrown in to boot. Uh, like uh, art looks amazing by uh, Nicholas Scott. Scott. Yep. This is this is a mandatory reading. Anything Rucka does, just like Vaughn. I mean, the man writes Lazarus for Pete's sake. So you know. Top-notch stuff. I want to jump back to page 205. If you're a Walking Dead fan, which I no longer am, but if you are, uh, <laughs> Walking Dead Compendium Volume 3, so they're releasing their third sort of larger trade, collecting a, a large swath of the series. It collects issues 97 to 144. And below that, I like this. Uh, a CBLDF-sponsored uh, article, a T-shirt, Comics Are For Everybody. Um, I like that. I think I'll pick that up for myself. Yeah, that's neat. Anything to support CBLDF anyway. Anybody reading Invincible? No, I'm not. I read it for a while. I I was reading it in trade, but I can't remember the last time I read one. Yeah. Yeah, no. I've had people telling me for years that it's something we all should be paying more attention to. You know, we did do the first trade as a uh, book of the month of uh, several years ago. And uh, it really didn't grab very many of us. So uh, it, it's something I've been meaning to revisit eventually. I read, well, I think, like the first 12 trades. I think that's what we have. And oh, I really wow. enjoyed it, what I read. But then I would like go through chunks of reading it, and then we wouldn't have a trade, and then I would forget what happened, and then it would hard for me to get back into the story again. But what I read, I really did enjoy that book a lot. Well, on issue 124, to piggyback on what Daniel was saying, it's called Reboot with a question mark. And they're taking the book back to the beginning, but the main character remembers everything that, are, that has happened. So that's an interesting concept. Now, Image, of course, we say this every month. As you go through their uh, catalog of monthly books, the, the sheer diversity and the quality, oh, again, yeah. is on, on a, class, a class by itself. Page 226 has Jupiter's Circle, Volume 1 trade paperback, if uh, anyone's so inclined to pick that up. Page 220 had a really cute chew cover of an Easter basket. <laughs> that is really adorable. That's funny. Satellite Sam on page 229 has a deluxe hardcover. I did want to read that. I have yet to do so. You know that uh, Easter Bunny cover for chew number 51 is the first part of the final arc. Of oh, that get series. out. Wow. Kind of wrapping up. Oh, speaking of final issues, uh, 
Number two, page 206, Witchblade is coming to an end with its 185th issue. Wow. Talking of how long Spawn has lasted, that's another Yeah, that is another long one. Well, it says here Witchblade's been running for 20 years. Wow. 20 years? Yeah. That's weird. Anybody else feel old? Yeah, you're not kidding. (laughs) Remember that uh, TV movie, Danielle? Yeah. No, that was a TV series. Was it a series? Mm-hmm. I thought it was just yeah, a movie. It was. There was a TV movie and a TV series. And fun fact, <laughs> uh, during Wizard World, I don't know, whatever, I saw the uh, Witchblade movie with the actors nice. and actress nice. in the crowd. That was exciting. Yancey Butler is her name, Yancey correct? Yancey Butler, that's yes. correct. Yeah, okay. I watched every episode of that. I liked it. It was. I remember it being fun. Yeah. Pretty or well, pretty well produced for stuff at that time. That's cool. You got to go see that with them. Anything else from Image that's jumping out at people? No, I am imaged out. Let me just interject that uh, Black Magic number one is also 50% off at DCBS. Excellent. So, Greg Rucka and Nicola Scott, worth a look, especially at half price. Absolutely. So are we going to Marvel? To or Marvel, Marvel it is. Okay. To Marvel. I wasn't sure what the protocol was here. Yeah, pretty much just linear. Gotcha. Yeah, we used to try and play around with the format. That drove me nuts. Yeah, Front to back. So annoying because it's in another book. <laughs> now the, the it is it is very much annoying. I hate it. The challenge of looking at Marvel now is obviously we're kind of figure finding out what's going to happen at the end of Secret Wars to some degree. Yeah. Um, I mean they're not giving away all the details, but surprise, surprise, guys, the Marvel universe has reconstituted itself at the. Uh, end of that, and I, I'm really thoroughly enjoying Secret Wars, by the way. Um, so we start with Invincible Iron Man 1 and 2, written by uh, Brian Michael Bendis, art by David Marquez, and it looks like they're making Iron Man one of the, the, the centerpiece characters uh, in this relaunch of the Marvel Universe. And they also explore who Tony's biological parents are. That's interesting. Art looks beautiful on pages 4 and 5. So, and the next yeah. page, Secret Wars Eight, is the final issue in that saga. And then, and then, isn't there a bunch of pages next that are all the finish off tie in things for yes. Secret Wars? Yeah. Okay. I want to point out, I should page eleven, the Thor's book by Jason Aaron and, and Christopher Sprouse. That's outstanding. It's basically mm-hmm. the the Thor's of the police force in you know the battle world created by Doctor Doom and held together by his will, the will of Doom. By the way, i got to say for a minute, there's a moment in the Fantastic Four movie where they try to have Doctor Doom, you know, say, you know, essentially, uh, I am Doom. It's so bad. <laughs> I just had a flashback that I got into a cold sweat there for a minute. But, <laughs> oh, my. But if you haven't read Thor's, I highly recommend you pick it up. It's, it's outstanding. I'd try it for the Chris Sprouse artwork alone. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to jump back quick here to pages uh, 8 and 9. Uh, Ms. Marvel number 19. Not sure if that's the final issue of that uh, very well-received and uh, beloved series. but uh, I hope not. Yeah, they, they may be relaunched with a new number one. But uh, it's yeah. still $2.99 cover price. Yeah, that Even helps. after nearly two years, it's held the line there. And if and, you haven't uh, read it, read it because it's so good. Mm, yeah, do what the lady says. 
I, I have the I have the first trade. I have to read. I only read the first issue. It was great. I got to catch up badly on that. And I'm Shane, I'm sorry, Mer. Go ahead. I apologize. Uh, just going to give a shout out to Agents of Atlas. There's <laughs> a one shot on page nine, forty pages, four ninety nine, and it's the fifties Avengers people again: Gorilla Man, uh, Human Robot, uh, Marvel Boy, etc. That's a fun cover. If that's what that is. It's right up your alley, Mert. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, even at a four ninety nine price point, I might pick it up just because you don't see the Agents of Atlas that much. Yeah, I think Jamie would have jumped all over that. Shane, you gotta love seeing Captain America White on page twenty and twenty one. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm very excited that that's coming back so out. I. I'm still a little disgruntled with the first issue containing zero and one, but it, it is what it is. Mm, yeah. I'm kind of boycotting the whole thing as a result of that. I'll buy it in the cheap bins. I was kind of wondering. I can't remember if I ordered it or if I was just going to hold out for the trade or something so it's all together. If it, Jumping ahead to, pit, to the centerfold, page 24, where they have the all-new, all-different Marvel. Yep. I, I, again, I, I understand why. It's just hilarious to me how much they're trying to sync this up with the movie, the cinematic universe. What do you mean? Like, <laughs> You know, the way the vision is portrayed. Um, Coulson. <laughs> Coulson's there. Uh, you know, the, the fallout from the Spider-Verse, like Spider-Gwen. Uh, interesting that, Mer, do you think it's Red Wolf? That can't be Red Wolf on the front, right? Well, it could very well be a Red Wolf. It certainly yeah. looks like a wolf's head depicted on his uh, talisman there. It does. That's true, yeah. Could very and, well. I guess, and I guess Steve Rogers remaining old for now. Uh, yeah. Until the movie comes out. Yeah. But uh, we have Ant-Man, Black Panther. This, this is a great array of characters, though, I must say. I, I really like all the characters I'm seeing here. I'll, There's I'll, still a lot of elements here that uh, aren't cinematically derived. A lot no, of things no. that don't sit, come up with the movies. That uh, you know, They're allowing certain creative directions to persist from before Secret Wars. Well, which I, I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. I just, I just always find that uh, interesting. Uh, but again, you've got the Black Panther. I'm, I'm enjoying Sam Wilson as Captain America. Uh, Danielle, you'll be pleased to see Miss Marvel is there. I am. So, and also the the female Thor. Another book I'm enjoying thoroughly by Jason Aaron is one of the, another one of the great writers in comics today. But it looks oh. like Iron Man again is really the centerpiece character. He's way out in the foreground here. Yeah, he sure is. So. Little little fun fact: seeing Ant Man there. Um, ben had I had taken Matt to see Ant Man. He loved it. Ben and I had not gone to see it yet, but we were uh, on a little overnight vacation. And stopped at a comic store, and he immediately went over to the featured trades, found an Ant-Man one, got it, and read it, went and saw the movie, and he loved it. Excellent. That was a lot of fun. Page 28, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. Again, another 1 and 2. Yes, again. (sighs) And like the last Amazing Spider-Man number 1, which was, what, two and a half years ago, something like that? Yeah. Um, It's uh, 72 pages with uh, lots of backup stories. Dan Slott's the main writer. I always enjoy his work. I, honestly, I, as much as I love Spidey, I, I haven't kept up with the last iteration before Secret Wars. I, mean, I, I didn't about either. Parker Industries and all that. Apparently, it's really taking off in this in this uh, latest installment. I um, did for the first six issues or so, and then I fell behind. Interesting enough, on the cover, it looks like a new version of the Spider-Mobile. Yeah, it does. That he's driving there. <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting. Yeah. I'll definitely read this because I enjoy Slot's take on Spider-Man. So uh, I get the sense he's going to be probably mentoring Miles Morales too. I would think. Yeah, I would think so. 
Page 31 has a new Blade the Hunter. A new Blade, yes. Blade number one. Tim Seeley writing. That's promising. Yeah. Page 32 has the Astonishing Ant-Man number one. Nick Spencer, also a strong writer. Contest of Champions number one. Doctor Strange number one. Holy uh, let's, oh, Hold on, pause. This is one of the books I'm most excited about. I think you've got a, a perfect team here for Doctor Strange. Jason Aaron has proven his, his chops on writing books like Thor, not to mention his tremendous scalp, all the other great work he's done. And then you have Chris Bacalo on the art. And I think he's a good fit for uh, Doctor Strange. I'm very excited about this book. Um, Doctor Strange, of course, is getting a movie with the incomparable Benedict Cumberbatch in the lead role. Yep, yep. And uh, I hope we're going to see a reissue of, for example, Doctor Strange, The Oath by Brian K. Vaughn, which is one of the all-time great Doctor Strange stories. Yeah, I'd like to read that. Oh, it's magnificent. In fact, used the, the first issue, I think, is going to be one of the Halloween Fest giveaways, which oh, will be a Wild right. Pit Comics yeah. on October 31st. I think you are right. Now, before we get too much further into these uh, all-new, all-different number ones, uh, I wanted to jump back to page 22 and Please. point out Shield number 11, uh, The Return of Dominic Fortune, written oh. by series writer Mark Wade with art by Fortune's creator Howard Chaikin. Nice. Oh, wow. Good pick, Mert. I missed that. Mm-hmm. I did, too. I thought it was Kirk. It just looked like Kirk. <laughs> all right, on page 38, Extraordinary X-Men. All these ones are fatiguing me. X-Men 1 and 2. Yeah. Again, a great writer, Jeff Lemire. I, I'm not a big fan of Humberto Ramos's artwork. I do enjoy certain characters. Like when he does the, I think he does a magnificent Green Goblin. But in general, I'm kind of hot and cold in him. But... It's Lemire, so I'm sure it's going to be worth reading. It's also just about the only X title Marvel's publishing this month. That's true, Murr. That's true. Which I'm not unhappy about. I could go with some paring down of that again. Yeah, but on the other side of it, there are like 12 different Avengers titles. Yeah. 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 Next Gee, page. I wonder why. <laughs> 40 has the new Guardians of the Galaxy with Kitty Pride, Ben Grimm, and the raccoon is in charge. Yep. Ben this writing. So there's a member of the Fantastic Four doing something other than being in the Fantastic Four. Yeah. At least the characters like, exist. I'd like to say that, again, purely a guess, but if Marvel had any insider knowledge on the quality of the movie I just endured, I, I can understand why they temporarily uh, brought the title to a close. Again, the damage to the property is probably devastating. Mm-hmm. Radioactive. Yeah. A lot of what-ifs here. Yeah, a lot of what-ifs. Page 46. I love that they actually have a lot of page numbers this month. That's really helpful. Um, yes. Page 46 has Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. number one. Yep, more Brent Schoonover artwork. Yes. That's great. Beautiful artwork, too. Look at that man thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, look at right. that man thing. <laughs> I walk right into it, as always. <laughs> Orgo... Yes. Uh, Marvel monster character. Uh, yeah. uh, looks like Manphibian man- down in the background. Oh, it is Manphibian. Good pick. And the man. Is that Werewolf by Night or the Man Wolf? Probably, Probably Werewolf by Night. Yeah. Because yeah, his fur is brown. And they even yep. have Hit Monkey in here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. I'm totally reading this. <laughs> yeah, I think I must too. Oh, fun fact about Brent Schoonover. He actually did some uh, promotional artwork for the uh, General Mills monster serials. Yes, he did. Ago. Oh, terrific. So he's perfect for this. Page 48. I must have fallen behind. I thought Karnak was dead. No? He's back. Okay. I'm excited for this. It's Warren Ellis. 
I just really like the character. Bill has a tendency to call me Karnak because I have a tendency to poke holes in everything that he says. <laughs> Damn. And all the holes in his plans. <laughs> so he calls me Karnak all the time. Does he do it in a, oh, okay, fine, Karnak, whatever kind of tone? No, no. We just, we actually will refer to it like, sorry, I was Karnacking it again, wasn't I? <laughs> That's funny. Phil Kosick lives a Karnak to help with a shield case with human implications. What he's going to find will terrify you. It's, will, it's Ellis. I'm reading it. <laughs> Great cover by David Aja, too. Fabulous. Uh, new Avengers 1 and 2. Captain America <laughs> Sam Wilson 1 and 2. Spider-Gwen number 1. There you go. A single issue. <laughs> Spider-Man 29. I need to read this. This Spider-Gwen. I don't know anything about it, but I keep seeing hoodies, and I want one. <laughs> but I want to read it before I get one. But I really want one. And it looks really cool. Peter David returning to the character created Spider-Man 2099 on page... Uh, oh, there's no page number oh, here. Oh, of course. Page 50, 56 and 57. An, an unbeatable Squirrel Girl number one. Oh, my goodness. Didn't your series just start recently? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it says yeah. right here, only our second number one so far this year. <laughs> I think Spider-Gwen yeah. can say the same thing. I think yeah. it can. Squirrel Girl is so good. If Isn't you're not it? reading it, you're insane. It is so fun. You might even say you're nuts. <laughs> I might be. I might be. <laughs> I enjoyed the first issue that I read of the previous volume. Mm. Uh, page 60, Uncanny Avengers 1. Ryan Stegman art, uh, Jerry uh, Duggan, or Dugan, forgive me. Wait, is that Deadpool on the cover? Is he seriously an Avenger now? I guess I have to pay four ninety nine to find out, folks. <laughs> That's just because of his movie. Okay. By the way, who saw the who saw the Deadpool trailer? I saw the the unrated one. one. Yeah. Wow. It looks yep. a lot of fun. Yeah. They might have actually pulled it off. Yep. Yeah. If, if the trailer is any indication, I mean, talk about just nailing it in terms yeah. of the humor, the look, everything. I mean, yeah, I was very impressed with the trailer. It's the best translation of a comic book character's costume to the screen that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree. I agree. And it's not a Marvel movie. Like, they... It, it's rated R. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it looks fantastic. The, the kids caught wind of a part of one of the regular trailers that, that is, is viewable by them. And they're like, oh, are we going to see that? I'm like, no. No, that's not for you. <laughs> yeah, sure, why not? No. A little violence never hurt anyone. No, they wanted to watch other things lately. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Page 62, Uncanny and Humans, an impressive creative team. Charles Soule writing, Steve McNiven and Brandon Peterson doing the art. Um, apparently Johnny Storm is now involved with Medusa. wonder how Crystal feels about that. Um, interesting. And it, it involves Kang. Now, you recall months ago we, we reviewed, was it in Human Zero? Yeah, yes, I think it was. Which we all liked, but we felt it was too short, but that it was an excellent story. Um, I have to catch up because I didn't read anything beyond that, but apparently this is continuing that storyline. So this looks interesting. Now I'm up on page 72 where there is a Chewbacca 1 and 2. I saw that. I do like all the stuff they're doing with their uh, with the Star Wars Universe comics. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it all. I really enjoyed Lando number 1. Number 2 comes out uh, this Wednesday. I cannot wait to read Rucka writing the official stories that are going to bridge the gap between Return of the Jedi and the new film. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty cool. 
Looking forward to that. My son's reading Darth Vader and loving it. I'm reading it too, but I, I was excited that he got excited about it. Yeah, all the Star I, I mean, I have not read um, Kanan, but all the other ones I'm enjoying thoroughly. Uh, jumping in the trade, does that work for everybody? Yeah. Sure. Uh, before we do, there's a collection Please. of a different kind I'd like to mention. It's on page 66, and it's uh, all three issues of the original Marvel Superheroes Contest of Champions miniseries from 1982. Which ah. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, it's Marvel's first miniseries. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Package. Yep, one eighty-eight page package for eight dollars. So save yourself the trouble of hunting it down in the back issue bins. It's a, an important and influential story. Check it out. Yeah, you can buy it all in one package. That's not bad at all. I'm sure you'll save something if you try to buy it on DCBService.com. Yeah, yeah. Page eighty has the hardcover for Secret Wars. And then a whole slew of Secret Wars-related titles, trades. Murd, on page 93, this sounds like it's up your alley, Squadron Sinister. Mm-hmm. I think Squadron Sinister 1 through 4 and Avengers 6970, the Roy Thomas stories. Oh, sneaky of them to slip in the Squadron's very first appearance. Yeah. Well, the Squadron, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it would be the Squadron Sinister, which are like Earth-616, mainstream Marvel Universe rogues who have been given... Justice League-like powers by uh, by the Grandmaster. Page ninety-four. I'm sorry, Mark. Go ahead. I'm just saying. It's. Uh, I'm glad Marvel decided to do that. Give uh, the the reader a little historical context. Page ninety-four. Uh, the third Silver Surfer trade. Uh, I know. I think we're all big fans of this book. Um, Love it. I mean, it, you know, as Daniel mentioned, it's Doctor Who basically with the Silver Surfer. Yeah. Um, it is. It, this, I think, is one of the most innovative books Marvel's doing right now. Uh, Miss Marvel, Volume 4, on page 95, which I know i got to catch up. I don't know if any people are fans of that. Page 97, the champions finally get the Marvel Masterworks treatment. <laughs> All right, the entire series, 1 through 17, Iron Man Annual 4, Avengers 163, Supervillain Team Up for 14, and Spectacular Spider-Man 17 through 18. It sounds like all their Bronze Age appearances, essentially. Definitely one of the most interesting lineups for a Marvel superhero team in the, co- the company's history. The, the, the usual hardcovers for the very... Uh, page 101, Captain America, the 75th Anniversary Vibranium Collection. <laughs> Two hundred bucks. Jesus. Beautiful, beautiful Alex Ross cover. But again, a lot of these books you can find in other reprint formats. Yeah. Um, so I don't know why you want to spend that amount of money, but if you're a Captain America completist, there it is. Murder on page one hundred is a Superior Foes of Spider-Man omnibus hardcover. Just uh, impressed that they're collecting it all together like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a great and book. And if the cover were made of paper, maybe I'd go for it because oh, I, I did. Uh, <laughs> I actually missed several issues of Did the you? original of the first run of the series. Right around next, when they uh, went to three ninety nine cover price. And next to that, they're continuing the omnibus treatment for Claremont's legendary Uncanny X Men run. This collects X Men one fifty four to one seventy five, uh, X Men Annual six and seven, Marvel Graphic Novel number five, which I'm assuming is the classic. Uh, uh, what the hell is that called? Oh. I'm failing here. Where they introduced William Stryker. I just forgot the name of that story. Oh, God Loves Man Kills? God Loves Man Kills, yeah. I think it's that one. 
the Wolverine miniseries, uh, Magic miniseries, Special Edition X-Men 1. There's some good stuff in there. That's for $100. Nova Volume 6. Now, Shane, is that the... That's not the Richard Ryder Nova, right? That's the kid. That's the kid, yeah. Correct? Okay. If I'm, if I'm right, let me, let me get to that part. God, what page was that on? I did, there it is. Yeah. It's, it's Jerry Duggan writing it, so yeah. Yeah, that's all the new ones. I was up looking at the um, <laughs> looking at the Star Wars offerings, which were Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, The Empire Volume 2, and right next to it, The Journey to Star Wars, The Force Awakens, Shattered Empire Trade. Even though three and four issues three and four are solicited just a few pages ago. Page one thirteen, Murd, I thought of you immediately. Thanos Cosmic Powers, Secret Defenders twelve through fourteen. <laughs> I think we talked about one of these uh, issues when we were guests on uh, Back to the Bins, right? Exactly. Number twelve. Yeah. That was my uh, yep. my selection. Yeah, where then, Thanos creates his own little team of uh, operatives, like Earth-based supervillains, including Rhino, to go and uh, <laughs> uh, capture an alien artifact for him. And, and then, then the Cosmic Powers miniseries, yep. one through six. Yep, the cover uh, the is next- actually, uh, yeah, the cover to this trade is actually an adaptation to the cover of, uh, of the first issue of that, if I'm not mistaken. Ah. Uh, the next page, I want to salute Marvel for its epic collection. These are really nice uh, collections they do. They're expensive. They're, they're, you know, over $30, but you're getting a lot of stories uh, and key runs. For example, you have the Moon Knight Epic Collection, which is the great uh, Doug Munch, uh, Bill Sienkiewicz run from the 80s. This is Moon Knights 5 through 23. And then across the way, Silver Surfer Epic Collection. This is the, the 1987 series, which is very good. Uh, it's just 1 through 14, and also the uh, John Byrne one-shot from 1982. Um, that's good stuff there. I mean, granted, you get a lot of these in bargain bins, so, you know, if you don't want to spend this much money, but the Epic Collection is usually very nice trades. And the next page, Star Wars Epic Collection, The Empire, Volume 2. Again, Marvel collecting various aspects of the Dark Horse offerings. I was just looking on DCBS, and um, the Moon Knight Epic is a half off. Oh, excellent. On page 120 is the Marvel's um, recoloring of Return of the Jedi like they did Empire and, looks, and A New Hope. It looks beautiful. It looks beautiful. I did get A New Hope, and it was. It was very well done. It looked nice. That's, this is Al Williamson art, which is gorgeous. The old Marvel comics to begin with. Oh, yes. <laughs> Anything else for Marvel? I had nothing else for Marvel. I'm sorry, Murd. Go ahead and say something. I'm just going to say that Return of the Jedi story is one of the first comics I ever read. Oh, get out. Nice. I found an edition of that rolled up in my Christmas stocking long about 1984. Oh, right. Do you still have those copies, sir? No. Long since fell apart. Ah. Either that or consigned to the attic someplace. uh, (laughs) What a grim fate. (laughs) All right. The rest of the book. Rest of the book. Rest of the book. Page 251. Abstract Studios continues with Sip Kids number four. Looks Halloween. Outstanding. Outstanding. Halloween special. Halloweeny. All right, page 254 under Action Lab Entertainment. Uh, we've got the first issue of an offering from our friend Dave Dwanch as writer and Anna Lencioni as artist. Cyrus Perkins and the Haunted Taxi Cab number one. That looks like a lot of, of fun. Yeah. 
It's the kind of character that our friend Dave writes so well. Like oh, a yeah. hapless, schmo, hard luck hero. He's a cabbie uh, who is haunted by the soul of a boy who died in the back of his cab and basically pestered into uh, helping to solve the kid's murder. On page 258 in our action lab, they've recruited Justin Gray and Jimmy Palmiotti. We're a fine writing team. Trance is number one based on the cult film, which I've heard of but never saw. Interesting. Nice. nice. That's very cool. But also jumping out of people here. Well, 265 has the next volume of Diary of a Wimpy Kid, volume 10, old school. Oh. Comes out in uh, September, I think, is when it debuts. Are your boys into those books, Shane? You know, this will be the first one that my oldest boy does not get. I don't know why he all of a sudden just gave up on it. I don't know if he feels like he's getting too old for this kind of book or, or what. But, uh, yeah, up until this point, he has read every single one multiple times. And uh, I said about this one coming out, he's like, nah, I, th- I don't know if I'll read this one. Just a little bit of those pains of the kids growing up and venturing onto different things. I think my younger boy, Joan, who is 10, would still read this. Um, I doubt yes. Ricky would, though. No, Joan would be all over it. Yeah. If you're a Calvin and Hobbes fan... Oh, yes. It's their 30th oh, anniversary. Pages 266 through 269 is all Calvin and Hobbes primarily. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you, if you have the slipcase, which my older son has, that's all, all of it. But they've also broken it down to all the various soft covers here as well. Yep, I have the slipcase as well. Between that and Bloom County, and Bloom County being back, where uh, Berkeley Breathed is posting things on Facebook of the strips he writes, the dailies and Sunday stuff, I am loving it. <laughs> loving it. Actually, actually, Shane, this reminds me, thinking of you, page 272, Ape Entertainment, Sesame Street. Yes. Another sunny day, number one. Yes, I've been waiting for more stuff to come out from them from Sesame Street. Yeah, we really haven't gotten past the first issue yet, have we? No, no, we yeah, haven't. They solicited, the second one was solicited uh, yep. some time ago, but hasn't materialized yet. So, yep. much as I'd like to see another sunny day dawn on Sesame Street, <laughs> I, I have written down here on the page, tell us another one. You know, yeah. <laughs> I see it. And especially since I know Jay Fosgit is involved, because he's one of my favorite uh, uh, comics cartoonists these days. I love his Bodie Troll. Uh, he's done some good work for the My Little Pony comics from IDW. I'd love mm-hmm. to see his take on some of the Sesame Street characters. So please, Ape, actually make this happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. Did Ape release a Sesame Street comic in the past? I forgot. Yes, they did. One they issue. did, okay. Okay. Number one. Is there a free comic book day Sesame Street? There was. Book? Or am I just... No, there was that as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think they might have actually used it as a free comic book day thing more than once. I believe that's also true. On the uh, same page, we've got the latest of Archie's uh, Dark Circle, uh, giving us contemporary, darker takes on the old classic MLJ characters of the Golden and Silver Ages. Uh, the Hangman, number one, written by formal, former uh, Marvel scribe Frank Thierry. Fun fact, the Hangman is uh, among the very first superheroes to die in the pages of comics. Oh. oh, wow. Yep, that's what uh, sparked his brother to become uh, the Comet, another uh, MLJ superhero of years past. I always mention as a, as a matter of duty, uh, Garth Ennis' Magnificent War Stories comic on page 285. Uh, no one has a greater command of, of the history and, and the drama of uh, military history, especially the Second World War, as Ennis does. 
these these are anthology like every every he does many arcs within the overall title touching upon different eras uh, primarily in the second world war just tremendous stuff going to page uh, 296 boom yep this sounds interesting cognetic number one uh, James Tinney in the fourth uh, is the writer did he do Star Trek stuff uh, Shane I don't know the name's not familiar with me but okay. I haven't read a lot of the newer Star Trek stuff Oh no, so, oh, no, I'm sorry. He does The Woods. That's that's where I know the name from. Okay. I Every human... think... Go ahead, Murd. I'm sorry. I, wanna, I, I think he wrote uh, Batwoman at some point. And I want to say that he did some kind of Star Wars project for Dark Horse. Really? Huh. Everyone believes that they are self-reliant, self-determined individuals each set on their own course. They've built civilizations. They've built culture. They've built lives. But what if that isn't the right track? What if there's a singular mind ready to take back control and finally write the destiny of mankind and build a better tomorrow? Hmm. Cognetic is a story of a powerful psychic being that once controlled one-third of the world's population as part of its hive mind. That sounds very interesting. I like the art. I'm up on page 300 for Iscariot. I think that's how you'd pronounce that. Yeah, as in Judas Iscariot. Okay. Um, full color, 140... Four pages, six by nine, when Carson, a young girl living with cancer, is bestowed with age-old magic by a rebellious sorcerer named Iscariot, she must navigate her new powers, face the life she had thought she left behind forever, and take on the order of magicians who want to control her destiny. That sounds interesting. Indeed. Our work looks very nice. Page 303, if you're a Blade Runner fan... Do androids dream of electric sheep omnibus? Uh, here, uh, they're collecting all 24 issues of that adaptation of Philip Dick K. Dick's novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, which, of course, Blade Runner was based on. And I'm interested so, in that. I know I read a few of the issues, but uh, I wouldn't mind getting that all in one encompassing volume. Uh, right? Me too. Two, 200, uh, yeah, 24 comics for $40 and less at DCPService.com, no doubt. That's, that's a good buy. Yeah. It is indeed. Uh, back on page 298, uh, we've got a miniseries called Rowan's Ruin, uh, number one of four. It's written by Mike Carey of uh, the Vertigo series The Unwritten, and this is his take on the classic haunted house story. And opposite that, another uh, little Halloween treat, uh, the, the first ever Lumberjanes one-shot. It's called Lumberjanes Beyond Bay Leaf, and it's, uh, it has uh, the, the, the Lumberjanes group uh, uh, trying to hunt a monster. So I know there are a lot of people out there, including, uh, well, uh, Bill Dowdy on the forums who are all into this series. I know Daniel Corsetto has uh, produced a cover or two for Lumberjanes comics in the past. So we've got a couple of people we know who are really into this series. I've bought the first trade. And if you'd like to read a self-contained story featuring these characters with a bit of a Halloween flavor, try that. That, um, now, that volume sorry, of uh, Do Androids Dream is 35% off, $25.99. Nice. Wow. Now, there. Devils do first comics. Are they teaming up with the old first imprint? Is that am I reading that correctly? Or you are yes. They okay. have acquired some of First's old licenses. They're reprinting some of the old uh, E-Man stories. Oh, the Mac complete Man. Charlton run. How about that? Mm -hmm. I, uh, yeah, the old uh, uh, Joe Staten stuff. Hmm, that's cool. So, yeah, they're they're trying to um, well reestablish themselves now. I guess. 
page 325 from Dynamite, Grumpy Cat number one. I was just flipping to that page. <laughs> I may have to get that. Yeah, that it's, it's hard to resist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I love the artwork. The kids will say it fits me perfectly. Yeah, my, All parents, right, my own parents, mind you, bought me a Grumpy Cat t-shirt. <laughs> It says, right, that, that, I had fun once. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> My own parents have this opinion of me. That's great. All right. Page 327. If there was ever a book built for me. A Train Called Love, number one. This is from Dynamite, written by Garth Ennis, artist by Mark Dos Santos. Let me just read you what Ennis writes here. <laughs> a Train Called Love is a story I've been wanting to tell for some time, largely because people keep asking me about doing a romance comic. <laughs> And the idea just wouldn't go away. This is what I came up with. Guns, gangsters, mayhem, big white hoods, dubious films with horses, mad Germans. you got to have Germans in a story. Obscene phone calls, crazy ladies, total losers, hot chicks, dishy guys, movie stars, lots of narcotics, terrible bands from Williamsburg, taxidermy, great, incontinence, unrequited crushes, a big fluffy white rabbit, and a rather unpleasant scene involving an escalator. Thus shall I explore the highs and lows of love. <laughs> I can't wait to read this. Oh, boy. It's a cool look cover. At that, look at that cover. you got a Kukas Klansman in a train. Uh, wow. And there's a white fluffy rabbit. <laughs> Looks like a poster from an early 80s comedy. <laughs> You're right, like Cannonball Run. Mm-hmm. All right, got to put on page 331 of Dynamite. They've collected the Shaft comic that was out. Yeah. Uh, yes. Last year or earlier this year in trade, this is a very good book. Not, I'm not just saying this. I'm a Shaft fan. This is an excellent uh, origin story, a good private eye story, very strong. Uh, if you like Shaft or not, if you're in- into that kind of genre, you'll enjoy this book. I, I recommend it. Yeah, I figured you'd uh, spot that one out. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. In fact, I was just listening to Mark Maron's interview with President Obama. And they're talking about Obama's, uh, like, his upbringing and, like, what the influences he had on him, good or bad. And he just talked about, you know, watching movies like Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I have to leave soon, gentlemen, because I have to pick up my kids at an athletic event. Okay. I apologize for that. I, think, I don't think I have much in the independent section until we get up to Titan. Yeah, I don't really have anything. I do want to point out, though, that uh, the fanographic section mm-hmm. on page 354 and 355, it's so much white space, and it's such it's so pleasant in the madness <laughs> that is the back of the previews catalog. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Good point, my dear. It's actually much more pleasing to the eye than anything else. Mm. I feel bad for the person who has to put this together every month. Yeah. I would cry. Right. The designer the designer has spoken. But it's just it's so simple and it's like, oh, I want to read all of these because I can actually see them or everything else is just pictures and words and oh it's just noisy. This, the back of the book is so noisy that it overwhelms me. I don't disagree with that. On page three sixty two the Art of ElfQuest. So if you're an ElfQuest fan, $50 hardcover from Flesk Publications. Uh, a complete overview of the various best artworks spanning nearly 40 years. 
So that's interesting if you're, if you're an ElfQuest fan. That's a book that I think we should read at some point as a review because I've never read the original ElfQuest. Mm. Yes, and we, as we've said, we, we could dedicate it to Jamie. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, page 376, uh, under Hermes Press, uh, the fifth issue of the Phantom miniseries is back on after a, a long gap that I, I think probably had something to do with uh, licensing issues. Uh, but, yeah, the uh, fifth issue of six of the Peter David and Sal Valuto. Oh, Fan- that's right, Murd. That's right. Yeah. That did vanish. And below that, this looks beautiful. Alex Raymond on page 376, an artistic journey. So a collection of Alex Raymond artwork from Flash Gordon, Rip Kirby... Uh, Secret Agent X-9. I mean, if you're a fan of comic history and or of comic art, this is required reading. Talks Raymond. And ba- back one to page 374, they've, they're reissuing Zot, the complete black and white story from 87 to 91 by Scott McCloud. Very important benchmark book uh, in the history of independent comics, which I've yet to read, actually. Yeah, I haven't read any of them either. I actually know what's significance. Hmm. What did you want to talk about in Titan, Shane? Okay, so on page, gosh, no page number, son of a gun. Oh, let's see, for 8, 9, 10, 11, page 4, 12, I think it is. Um, Titans has Heroes Reborn, I'm sorry, Heroes Vengeance comic number one, because the Heroes TV show is coming back to NBC Thursdays this fall, uh, which is kind of interesting. More importantly, if you flip the page, uh, a new Doctor Who series featuring Paul McGann's eighth Doctor, who had very little screen time. He only did the um, telemovie for Fox. And then, um, oh gosh, what's the audiobook that does a lot of Doctor Who stuff? They're, oh, I'm pl- totally blanking on that. Maybe they're in the back of the book. Um, they have featured Paul McGann as the Doctor in a lot of audio dramas uh, surrounding his character, which is... is it like- Big Finish Big or Finish. Like that? That's it. Thank you. It is Big Finish. So uh, I, I think they're doing a great job with their Doctor Who stuff. Um, my son gets uh, the Peter Capaldi ones. I, I think Pants had read some of the other ones. Uh, I'm really excited for the 8th Doctor Paul McGann ones. I always thought uh, he would have been great to have a longer series. Two points I want to make that unfortunately I must depart, uh, my friends. Uh, first, a warning to people because I, I feel, you know, I have an obligation to do this when, when, when so I've read something that I don't think is very good because, you know, everybody works hard for their money. On page – it's under the Titan. Uh, there's no page number. Scarlet Couture. Yes. Volume 1. This was terrible. Was it? Uh, don't be fooled by the, the animated – the cool animated style of the artwork. This reads like it was written by a teenager. Okay. Um, it was I, I couldn't get through the first issue. It was so poorly written. I think you tried it too, didn't you, Danielle? Yeah, I couldn't get through it. I had it's, some interest in it, and I'm glad you guys has, have said that no, because the, uh, the, the, the writing, uh, I'm sorry to say, is amateur hour. Okay. Um, so don't don't spend your money on that. Conversely, the next page. Now this is later on in the in the previews in terms of solicitation. Shane, Batman: A Celebration of the Classic TV Series. I saw that. <laughs> Fifty dollar hardcover. Uh, never before, never before seen material from Adam West's personal archive. Now, in the book section of the previews, they go into this in more detail. Okay. Um, but if you're a fan of the show, this is probably worth picking up. Uh, yeah, that's solicitation later on in the book section. That looks like a lot of fun. I, I apologize, my friend, that I must depart, but uh, parenting duties are summoning me. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, we, yes, we understand. But uh, as always, this is an honor, and uh, I look forward to. 
our next bowl session. Okie dokie. So, I wish you all a fine evening. Daniel shaking your head in disgust, as only someone who knows know me for so many years can. Well done, my <laughs> dear. True. And uh, we will talk again soon, my friends. All right. Bye. Take it easy. Alrighty. Good night. See ya. Chris. Bye. Now, me, myself, I don't have a whole lot more in the comics section. I have nothing. <laughs> There's a uh, couple things in the, the book section that I wanted to point out. There was one thing in the book section that uh, I saw that I totally need. Well, go ahead and do that. If, if Murd comes okay. up with something before that, we'll go back to it. 461. The official DC Superhero Cookbook Deluxe Edition. <laughs> it's a cookbook. It involves DC heroes. I need it. That is that is one of the things I was going to point out. I so need it. <laughs> and it comes with three cookie cutters, two sheets of logo stencils, and character cutouts for awesome food styling. Nice. On the Next CGS Wild Pig Party, I will totally make something out of that. <laughs> On page 460, they have the DC Superheroes Super Baby Starter Library. thought that would be kind of cute. Yeah, the DC cookbook. That'd be awesome. And there's a Paint by Numbers. Oh, I missed that. Where's that at? It's right under oh, the, the Avengers the, uh, Super Baby Starter. Nice. It's a Marvel Avengers Paint by Numbers. <laughs> God, I haven't done Paint by Numbers in years. I don't even think my kids know what that is. Oh, my goodness. On page 463, now I'm, I started a few weeks ago to try and reread, not that I would have, not that I don't want to read it, but I got distracted with other things over time, but um, I'm trying to read the fourth Harry Potter book. And here solicited is the first Harry Potter book, the illustrated editions. So if you're looking for a new way to, to read Harry Potter, you might want to check out the illustrated editions. I'm sure they will all follow past that. There's uh, page 469 has a Back to the Future, the ultimate visual history. And on that same page is the Batman, a celebration of classic TV series that Chris mentioned. That looks like yeah. a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, it does. I love that show. It, it looks... Did you see that there's a book on Legos, too? On 468. Ah, the great Lego sets yeah. of visual history. Oh, that'd be cool, too. And I want that minifigure. Oh, that'd be fun to read, too. Our household's definitely uh, in for a penny, in for a pound when it comes to minifigures. Yeah, we went to, I went to English Town, which is a, like a flea market, a giant dirt flea market in uh, New Jersey. And there were a couple of people who had stands of like Legos and they all had minifigures for like $10 a pop. I was like, oh, yeah. everyone knows that Legos are really expensive right now. Oh, yes. I was like, you were not getting... Because a lot of it's like booths, but then there's people just selling their random garage sale stuff. Sure. But those people knew what was up. I was oh, like, yes. no. Oh, let's see. In the magazine section, back issue number 85, I always like to mention that. I love that magazine. Now, there's an advertisement for them, but I don't know what page they're on later in the book. On page 474, uh, the Muppets collectible logo pint glasses with a doctor teeth and the electric mayhem a Muppet Labs, a Pigs in Space and a Muppet Show logo glass. Oh, I think I saw there someplace in the, the blue section. Like, I need another glass in my household. 
Yes, <laughs> you do. Uh, I very likely might get that. But you probably can't put them in the dishwasher and... Oh, I hand wash all those glasses. Yeah. Any tune tubblers, anything them. like that. I hand wash all We don't use them, them anymore because also we have a tendency to break them. I cannot ah. tell you how many of those pine glasses we have broken. <sighs> That's some, The kids have a couple for themselves. I have a bunch and um, we use them, but I... I personally insist on hand washing them. No, they have to be. The only we have the the hydra and the shield glass that mm-hmm. are etched, which we can put through the dishwasher, which is pretty awesome. But I've already said like he has to get another set because if we break those, I'll cry. <laughs> yeah, I liked your your one post about using them a while back. I think I saw unless it was maybe it was here and you were showing. No, us I think I, I said here. that because I was drinking out of it and I was saying that you can only use the Dalek. That's uh, right. Ice cubes in the hydro glass. That's and the it. Ice cubes in the shield glass. <laughs> Murray, did you have anything else in the comic section? No, I almost never do, Shane. Okay. Oh, in, in the comic section. Yeah, before before we got to the books and stuff. Okay, well, Titan is doing a Kung Fu Panda miniseries. Oh, nice. Yeah, I did see that. And amongst all the Doctor Who stuff and the Scarlet Couture stuff, that's in there. So. You have kids who are into Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. And I think the third a third movie's coming out in the next in the near future. Yeah, the solicit did say something about that. Yeah. Um I'll mention because we're talking about sixty six Batman um with that other book. On page five thirty two is uh retro series number four. I don't remember if this was solicited before, but it's Alfred, Mr. Freeze, King Tut, and the Bookworm. Maybe it was. I can't remember Bookworm. On the top of the same page is the DC Retro Batman oh. Batcave playset. Oh, my goodness. If that isn't awesome, I don't know what is. Oh, wow. That would be that cool. That is really cool. That's definitely retro. A lot of fun. On page 540 is some Tokyo Pops. Um, I mention them. Mostly because it looks like Hanna-Barbera. You have, um, oh my gosh, Muttley and, God, who is his partner? Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly. Secret Squirrel. Um, Agent Carter has one coming out. Oh, that's awesome. There's a Hot Fuzz double pack, it looks like. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, Bill yeah. would love that. Bill can almost recite that movie. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. an Orphan Black one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't. I don't even want to like look at these. I don't want to. We don't need dust collectors around the house. I know. As much as I'm trying to get rid of stuff, I I did get a um, uh, an inside out anger pop that the kids got me for my birthday. <laughs> that was funny, and they gave it to me saying, "This is how we see you all the time." <laughs> Little buggers. But that's about it. That's about all I had for the book. Yeah, there's some really cute uh, studio Ghibli stuff. Every month, that's been adorable. There's some Totoro stuff. I can't have any of it, but I always look at it and go, Totoro! And uh-huh. want it, but... Very cool. And I think there's some Doctor Who stuff, too, but it's expensive. And yeah, they always I are. I don't need... I only want functioning Doctor Who stuff, like ice cube trays. I am still on the lookout, though, for that Pop Dalek. If I can find that. That I... That, I, I mean, it's a Dalek. I, I need Daleks. Yeah. In my life. All right. That about does it for everybody? I think so. Yeah, I think so, too. All right. Yeah, I'm good. 
Well, don't forget this episode was brought to you by the fine folks at Discount Comic Book Service. That's dcbservice.com. Go there for all your pre-ordering needs. Murd, thanks for pulling up some of the prices um, as we were going along. And the couple I pulled up as well. Uh, some really great deals out there for some good stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Did I hit the right? I did not hit it right. Oh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Visit us at ComicGeekSpeak.com to send an email. The address is ComicGeekSpeak at gmail.com. To leave a voicemail, the number is 267-702-6642. Stop by The Comic Forums and let us know what you're checking out in previews this month. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Uh, thanks for everyone who contributes to the show. Send us some uh, emails and voicemails, and we'll see if we can't get them on the air. And as always, we are uniting the world's mightiest heroes, one listener at a time.